Praise the name of Jesus Christ. I want to thank the Lord for each one of you that is connected in right now and you are ready to continue with me in this wonderful uh, teaching series about the experiencing of God's New Testament plan. We have been going through several uh, wonderful uh, teachings concerning what God has his plan uh, from eternity past what is in the Old Testament, what is seen in the New Testament. And I want right away to continue uh, to take you through some of the uh, details of what we began um, with the last three previous episodes, this wonderful teaching series. And in this message, we shall uh, continue to consider the New Testament and God's New Testament economy, God's New Testament plan, His administration. We have seen that the New Testament is related to the Old Testament and that is the fulfillment of the Old Testament and that it is the development and the reaping of the seed sown in the Old Testament and that we saw that it is the completion of divine revelation. Now that is what we have seen so far in the previous episodes. Now we shall go on to see that the New Testament is the revelation of God's New Testament plan. Remember we had uh, we had read in Colossians 1 27 talking about the mystery that was now made manifest which is Christ in you the hope of glory. Today I want us to continue to see a New Testament as the revelation of God's New Testament plan. See, in the New Testament, we have the revelation of what God had in plan. You cannot understand the revelation of God's plan in the Old Testament. When you come in the New Testament, you see the revelation of what was the plan of God from eternity past. Now, this revelation, to get it and to understand it, it you have to know that it unveils in seven major items. I want us to go uh, closely and slowly on this one. But if you are to understand and uh, to enjoy the Bible, you begin to focus on some things that are crucial and major. From Genesis to Revelation, when you look with the eyes of the Spirit, you see that there are seven major items. Even though there are a lot of stories and a lot of incidents and things that are taking place, there are seven major items. And uh, I, uh, the, the items, uh, uh, the first item is God. The second is Christ. The third item is the Spirit. And then the fourth item is the believers. The fifth item is the church. And the sixth item is the kingdom. And now the seventh item is the new Jerusalem. Now we see that these seven items are now what we call the seven persons. So, so far now you know the Bible has got seven major items. There is God, there is Christ, there is the Spirit, there is the believers, the church, the kingdom, and the new Jerusalem. If you keep with that line, your preaching, your teaching will be on point and you'll be carrying out the plan of God in your preaching. So you need also to see that these seven items have become the seven persons. And we have we have got to agree with me that God is a person, Christ and the Spirit are also persons. And when we come to the believers, we may consider them a corporate person because believers are many. When they are corporate, they become a corporate person. 
Likewise, the church is a corporate person and uh, uh, some people have got a problem regarding the kingdom if it is a person. But I want to take the rest of the, the time I have today in this episode to show you that the kingdom is also a person. Because you can agree with me that oh, that, that the believers are a corporate person, the church is a person because you might have uh, come to such a development in your knowledge. But to take the kingdom as a person we might want to think that the kingdom is a sphere, kingdom is a reign where we are going to be but I want us to take some time to see uh, why do we say that the kingdom is a person we need to consider in more detail the kingdom being a person in this episode let us uh, take our first example with the uh, the illustration with the kingdom of, uh, of, of the animal kingdom it's going to be our first illustration. Animal kingdom is a totality of all the animals. In other words, you can't have animal kingdom minus animals. So that means that if there were not any animals, there would be no any animal. Uh, there would, be, would not be an, an animal kingdom. Praise the name of Jesus. So the principle is the same with the plant kingdom because we have, I, I believe there are up to four kingdoms, the plant kingdom the animal kingdom, the human kingdom and the angelic kingdom and this is how God has designed his creation and divided them into kingdoms whereby they will enjoy their themselves in, within those kingdoms. So we have also um, the plant kingdom then we have also the human kingdom that consists mankind. So you can't have a kingdom of humans without humans. So what does it mean? It means that what makes up a kingdom are the subjects of the kingdom. And the subjects the subjects of that kingdom, for example, the human kingdom, are people. So the kingdom becomes a person because it comprises people. Praise the name of Jesus. But this time around it is a corporate person kingdom becomes a corporate person so we need to see into the depth of the teachings of the bible to come to this truth because you say what are the scriptures that back up your statement and your convention that the kingdom is a person is the name of jesus so we need to realize uh, some scriptures to see that the kingdom is a person the kingdom of god is actually uh, christ himself developed and enlarged into a kingdom. Remember, Christ comes on earth as a seed. Then he sows himself in the ground. Then he, he, he germinates in resurrection by many grains becoming and forming many Christs. So the kingdom of God is actually this Christ. Himself was developed and enlarged into a kingdom. Now, the kingdom of God we know is the Savior, the Lord Jesus, as a seed, as the seed of life. This seed of life came through incarnation, was sown into the believers. And now, whoever received the seed as a ground believer, he became uh, many Christs. Praise the name of Jesus. So, that's how Christ enlarged himself, developed himself into become a kingdom of people. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, all of us, God is chosen people. We become the um, makeup of the kingdom. In the book of Mark chapter 4, verses 3 and verses 26, you see that 
Jesus gives this parable and says that uh, the sower went out to sow in verse 3. But when you go in verses 26, you realize that it says that uh, the kingdom of God is likened unto a sower when he goes out to sow. So the kingdom of God is likened to seed that the sower went out to sow. So you begin to see that when Jesus was preaching the gospel, he was number one, he was himself the seed. Number two, he was the sower, sowing himself into the ground which are the believers, so that he may gain, develop, and enlarge to become uh, a kingdom. Now, that's where I wanted to begin from to show you something. And we see that the development of this kingdom becomes a realm which God may rule as his kingdom in the divine life. Therefore, we now see that the kingdom is truly a person. Now, this is clearly proven and proved in the book of Daniel. King Nebuchadnezzar sees this dream in Daniel chapter 2, and in verses 34 to 35, when Daniel was interpreting the meaning of the, uh, the, the dream, he says that uh, we see that he mentions the cutting of the stone. Now, by the cutting of of the cutting out of the stone without hands because he says that the stone that was cut without hands it, it came from heaven crushed the ten feet of uh, of this, this this image now this stone is cut out without hands signifies the God prepared Christ Christ comes from heaven as the stone and cut which after smiting the great image upon its feet to break all the parts of the great image all the worldly powers because we know that the ten feet typifies the worldly powers some of the powers have been others are, are going to be praise the name of Jesus so these worldly, these worldly powers they will become they will be crushed by the stone they become a great mountain then fill the whole earth because that's what the stone did. It became a great mountain and filled the whole earth after crushing the ten feet. This signifies the coming kingdom of God. When you read in the book of uh, Revelation chapter uh, 11 verses 15, I, I believe I want to read that one for us. Revelation eleven fifteen. You see that we see the seventh trumpet being blown and the seventh angel sounded. And there there are great voices in the heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of Christ, of his Christ, and we, he shall reign ever and ever. Remember the kingdoms uh, in the book of Daniel are typified with the ten toys. But the Bible says in Revelation, they have become, they have become his kingdoms. It's going to rain them. This is when the, the stone becomes a great stone. So we see that Christ prepared by God as a stone will develop. That is coming back into a kingdom of God as a great mountain that fills the whole earth. Remember, it began as a seed sown into the ground. The kingdom is actually another aspect of the church. Because uh, when you are in the church age, you have entered the kingdom. 
Praise the name of Jesus. But the kingdom age is coming in the near future. But we have entered it right now in the church age. So we should not think that the church is one thing and then the kingdom is another thing. No. Church is uh, one person. You cannot say that the church is one person and the kingdom is another person. We need to come to this uh, awareness and agreement that the church and the kingdom are one person in two aspects. And when we come back to... uh, Paul. Paul comes in the book of Romans chapter 14 17. Talks about the kingdom of God. He says that the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. Eating and drinking are the things we do today in this uh, dispensation. But the kingdom of God today is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. In other words, these aspects that we see righteousness, um, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit in the church age today. But Paul says but that as long as there is righteousness, there is peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, there is the kingdom of God. So this verse is a strong proof that the church today, the church age is the kingdom of God because the context here deals with church life in the present age. As we are in this age today, we are also in the kingdom uh, already in the kingdom when we come to the kingdom age, that will be the fullness of the kingdom and it's going to manifest. Today it is the church but the kingdom is within as if it's not seen, as if it's not even thought about but according to God's plan kingdom is within the church. The church is the kingdom and the kingdom is the church. Uh, We can say that the church is the kingdom. I, I think that is enough. Is the name of Jesus. So we see that when we come back to Jesus in John chapter 3, verse 3, it talks about salvation, regeneration, and even verse 5. It talks about regeneration. That if a person is born of the Spirit and water, that's when he's able to see or to enter the kingdom. This means that regeneration is the present entrance into the kingdom of God. So, well, as we think that the kingdom of God is coming, he entered it at regeneration. Because Jesus preaches and says that unless a person is born of, of water and the spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Then he comes to verse 5 and says, Very, very, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter to the kingdom of God. So, our being born again makes us to see the kingdom of God. When we are baptized in water and the spirit, we enter the kingdom of God. So you agree now with me that in this present age, the church age, we enter the kingdom as uh, within the church. Praise the name of Jesus. So this is why when you come to the book of Acts, you see that the the, the, the the disciples went on to preach according to Christ's command. Acts chapter 1 verses 3 see that Jesus is with them after resurrection. He says to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs being seen of them 40 days. Jesus was with the disciples 40 days after resurrection and speaking of the things 
attain to the kingdom of God. That means that Jesus took more time to speak about things attaining the kingdom of God so that they may begin ministry. So his emphasis was now to tell them in your preaching Christ Jesus also preach the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So we see that the Lord Jesus continued to speak continue, uh, continue to speak to the disciples for 40 days. But this time around he was not doing miracles. He was not uh, doing anything but he was speaking concerning the kingdom of God. Prepare them for the work of evangelism and ministry in the church. When you come to Acts chapter 12 verses, uh, sorry, Acts chapter 8 verse 12, he began to preach the kingdom. Their message was the kingdom. Bible says that uh, when they went out, uh, uh, this is now this man called Philip in verse 12, the Bible says that but when they believed Philip preaching uh, the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized and both men women. So when Philip went to do evangelism, Bible says he was preaching the kingdom of God. So that means that they knew in their spirits that when a person is preached Christ, he enters the kingdom. So they had also to preach the things concerning the kingdom. It is absurd today that the church does not know much about things concerning the kingdom. Yet after here, we are going into that dispensation of the kingdom. So it is so important for you as a child of God to know about the things of the kingdom. There are a lot of things in the kingdom that today believers would not agree with. We talk about the rewards in the kingdom, the punishments in the kingdom, the millennium kingdom, the the the, the, the feast which is going to be the marriage day. See how some people are going to be cast out in the outer darkness, yet they are born again, and how others are going to be enjoying uh, 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 the Father's joy in the millennium. You see, things such as that, as those people don't know about them. And because they don't know, they will urge you. That's why it is important today. We preach the kingdom as we are preaching Christ. Because Christ is the enlargement, the development to become the kingdom. So when Christ is sown as a seed into believers, then he enlarges to make himself a kingdom. So the church today is also the kingdom. Praise the name of Jesus. So other verses include uh, uh, chapter 20 verses 35, whereby uh, Paul goes on to preach. And in his preaching, he knows he was preaching um, the gospel. But also this gospel was preaching the kingdom of God. He says in Acts 20 verse 25, Now behold, I know that you all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. So he was preaching the kingdom of God. So whatever he was preaching, he was preaching the kingdom of God. Now you also read Acts chapter 28 verses 23 uh, throughout 31. Paul took time to speak and speak and he says that I have been preaching unto you the kingdom of God. Praise the name of Jesus. So whenever the disciples preached the kingdom of God could preach the kingdom of God along with their preaching of Jesus Christ. So when you preach Jesus Christ you've got also to preach the things pertaining the kingdom. 
praise the name of Jesus Christ. So, uh, this is how uh, church is established. Because for us to establish the church, we must preach Christ and preach the kingdom of God. Praise the name of Jesus. Jesus came saying, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. And after resurrection, they began to preach the kingdom because it had started within the church age. Praise the name of Jesus. I believe at this moment you surely agree with me and uh, you now believe that the the kingdom is also a corporate person. Hallelujah. But remember, Paul goes on in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 9. He talks about the things that we are to stop practicing within the church age so that we may enter the kingdom of God. So he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 9, he says that uh, knowing not that unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. That means that uh, a person to inherit the kingdom of God has got to become a righteous person. He's got to get saved and then change his life. Then he sees the kingdom of God. Praise the name of Jesus. So he says, Neither fornicators nor idolaters, adulterers nor effeminate, uh, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. See, and he continues the list. They will not see the kingdom of God. They will not inherit it. Now, in our come in the near future, talk about the kingdom of God. I will show you that the kingdom of God has got two aspects. There is the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, and the kingdom of God. And you need to not to miss such teachings in the near future. Even in Galatians 5.21 Paul mentions the things that we should get rid of ourselves uh, so that we may see or inherit the kingdom of God. He mentions all the negative things that we should uh, get rid of. He says now the works of the flesh. Then he mentions them mentions them and he says in verses 21 that I say to you that the people that do those things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Praise the name of Jesus. So we need to come to this knowledge so far that the apostles preach the kingdom of God. Ephesians 5 5 talks about the same message about the kingdom of God whereby Paul goes on to say uh, that for ye for this you know that no whoamonger no unclean person, no covetous, who is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Now, you, you will have to get a enough explanation of what it means to inherit the kingdom of God, yet when we are ready in the church within the kingdom. I will have to come and explain to you in detail, how do we inherit this part of the kingdom. What are we supposed to be doing to inherit this part? Praise the name of Jesus. So, according to Paul's context, we see that Paul considers the kingdom of God equivalent to the church. Even when he was preaching with his co-workers, they were uh, working and working for the church, but at the same time, they were preaching the kingdom. The Bible says in uh, the book of uh, Colossians, Chapter 4, verses 11. Uh, Paul mentions that even his co-workers, um, he says, And Jesus, which is called Justus, who uh, of the circumcision, this only are my fellow workers unto the kingdom of God, 
which have been a comfort unto me. He says that I had co-workers preaching and ministering, uh, working for the church, yet preaching the kingdom of God. So we are also going to labor for the kingdom even today as we are in the church age. Praise the name of Jesus. But Jesus says something in Matthew uh, chapter 16 verses um, 18. He says something and uh, emphasizes that a kingdom is within the church. He says that uh, in verses I'll read verses 18 and I say also unto you thou art Peter and upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Then he continues to verses uh, 19 and uh, he says in verses 19 that and I'll give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. He has said that I'll build my church. Then says I'll give you the kingdom, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt lose on earth shall be loose in heaven. So after talking about building the church, he again still he again tells Peter, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom. So this reveals clearly that the kingdom is the church. So I hope I've given you enough scriptures for you to see and to agree with me that the kingdom is also uh, the church. The church is also a kingdom. So I want us to uh, to see something also in the book of Revelation chapter 1 verses 9 uh, the Bible says uh, concerning the same that this is now Apostle John in chapter 1 verse 9 the Bible says I John who also am your brother and a companion in tribulation and in the kingdom of God. He says, and in the kingdom and the patience of Jesus Christ was in the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. So Paul knows, rather, this is now John. John indicates that he and the other believers were already in the kingdom. If we go back and consider Romans 14, 17 in context of the whole book of Romans, we shall see that the kingdom of God in this verse of Romans 14, 17 is certainly referring to the church. The church today is the kingdom of God. In other words, we are right to say that the kingdom of God has already started within the church age. So since the church is a corporate person, now we agree that the church is the kingdom. So it is also, uh, it is not logical for us to say that the kingdom is not a person. The church is a corporate person. That means that even the kingdom is also a corporate person. Praise the name of Jesus. So, so far you have seen uh, how we agree and now you agree with me that the kingdom is also a corporate person. But remember, we are talking about these seven persons that are in the New Testament plan of God that we find in the Bible. I've told you the seven items in the Bible that are major are God, Christ, the Spirit, believers, the church, the kingdom, and the New Jerusalem. And these points have become persons. These items have become persons. Until you come to this awareness that we are dealing with the persons, there is a lot of truth you are going to be missing. Praise the name of Jesus. 
today I want to stop here by the grace of God. I believe that you are learning something. You are being built up. You are, um, your revelation is increasing concerning the eternal plan of God. So God has got a plan. But if we are to understand his plan, our teaching is progressing and developing. Now we are seeing that in the entire New Testament plan, we have seven major items. And if you come across this, uh, studying your Bible with this awareness that in the Bible there are seven major items, you begin to concentrate on these seven major items. You will find the line of God. You find the purpose of God. You find the plan of God by identifying these seven major items that have become persons in the name of Jesus. I want to stop here. This is Pastor Dennis Matov from Freedom Experience Ministry, Kampala, Uganda. And you are listening to this wonderful teaching program called Freedom Streams. And I've been talking about uh, experiencing God, this eternal uh, New Testament uh, plan. And we are taking it slowly in this wonderful series. I believe the Lord bless you. Continue to tune in. Continue to check our podcasts. Continue to uh, listen to our radios. Download Freedom Experience app to access all our um, platforms. God bless you. Bye-bye.